This is the Building Management Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. As people become more comfortable in the home building automation space, they want to be able to take this commercial as well. Regardless of the ups and downs in the stock market, if these manufacturers, these plants, and these entities want to stay open, they need water. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Building Management Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Standing at work has become a staple for just about everyone, regardless of industry. From the manufacturing floor to the hybrid standing desks in our open offices, people need to feel comfortable while upright, and I think our feet would agree. But something is lacking from most workplace floors. Like Goldilocks said, some are too hard, some are too soft. Here to break down what just right feels like for workplace floors is Bryce Betteridge, CEO of Saytech Inc., which provides smart cells technology. Bryce, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. Very well. It's great to have you on. I'm excited to jump into this topic. So let's not skip a beat. Let's jump right in. Bryce, when we look at cushioned floor surfaces in buildings where employees spend a good majority of their day standing, what would you say is missing in general? Just a a really broad statement to start things off. Well, typically I think most standing workers are, you know, feeling a little bit of pain because, you know, not everyone has a anti-fatigue mat to stand on. And uh, that is going to be probably the biggest thing that people seek if they're going to be on their feet for any length of time. It's something comfortable on the floor. Often they're called anti-fatigue mats or flooring. And typically what that flooring offers is not as comprehensive as what it's made out to be. Um, And then if you don't have it, then you don't have any support at all. So we've got one side which is too hard and one side which is too soft. Go ahead and dig into both of those sides of the spectrum. What does too hard look like and what does too soft look like for um, anti-fatigue mats or just cushioned workplace floors in general? I think the thing that most people will identify with is we all know what too hard is. Anytime you stand on a concrete surface for any length of time, even an hour or a half hour, your joints begin to ache, your back hurts, and it's obvious that you need something, some type of cushioning underneath you. Uh, That's, of course, the extreme you you described, Daniel. The other extreme, some people might identify with as well, and that is, for example, picture yourself standing on a mattress all day long. We've all gotten up on our bed to hang a picture or something, and it's very difficult to maintain balance. It's fatiguing. It's tiring. It's kind of like running in sand. It's difficult to maintain your balance on something that is overly soft. And so the the misconception that people have is, I need something softer under my foot, therefore, I want something super soft, super squishy, and that's going to be the best. And that's actually not the case. Um, Just as you described in the Three Bears story, there is an optimum. There is something that is just right. Concrete is too hard. Super soft is too soft. 
it actually is more fatiguing. So, so what we have done is we found that optimum, that smart cells provides an optimum uh, compressibility that allows you to give a little uh, responsiveness from, from your surface and from your movement. So when we say too soft, I'm sure that describes a good portion of the market. Um, you know, mats that attempt to solve the issue but go too far in the soft direction. How does a floor that's too soft actually affect productivity at work? Um, and what does it do to unintentionally maybe promote workplace accidents? And how, how does it domino effect into other issues on the workplace floor? The, uh, actually, when something is overly soft or too soft, it acts like a surface that is hard to some degree. As you compress a super soft mat, it tends to bottom out. There's no resistance to the weight that you're putting onto it or limited resistance. And so once you stand in, in one place on an overly soft mat, you begin to feel like you're resting on the concrete through a, you know, a thin layer of collapsed foam or whatever it might be. The other piece of what you need in a standing surface is a little resilience, something that can rebound and, and give back some of the energy that, you know, that you, you've given into the floor by standing on it. So it's really a balance between shock absorption, you know, uh, cushioning your footfall or your movements, and also uh, resilience or rebound, giving a little bit energy back to you as you move, it moves with you. Um, a lot of foam, super soft, squishy surfaces don't have that. They don't give anything back. So that's more like sand. They just, they just take it away from you. And it's, it's a common thing and an um, impression in the industry that you just need something super soft and you'll be okay. But that absolutely is not the case. Our research into the scientific literature on what is an optimum standing surface that gives you the greatest feeling of fatigue relief suggests this optimum compressibility, which is between 0.6 and 0.9 megapascals, which is just a measure of pressure. So you have to have this degree of compressibility, but not have it compress all the way to where you're bottoming out. Um, and also, of course, on concrete, it doesn't compress at all. So you can kind of visualize there is an optimum. So just in general, when we look at floors people have to stand on during work hours, how does the state of that floor, whether it's too hard or too soft, actually affect productivity at work? Do you see people um, working harder and that tiring them out? Do you see people being becoming more distracted uh, when the floor isn't as welcoming as it might be? Um, what about workplace accidents? How do you see this all tie together? In, uh, I think it was the year 2003 or 2004, the Journal of American Medical Association did a research study on what is the impact of lost productivity in the marketplace. And they came up with a number of $62 billion a year that is being lost because people are staying on the job because they feel that their body aches, their body hurts, whether it's a backache or whether it's knee pain, whatever it might be. 
you, if you're at behind the customer service counter and you're feeling the, the impact of that hard surface on your body, you're going to slouch, you're going to lean over, you're going to try to relieve it by shifting your body almost too much. And you're going to be so focused on trying to get comfortable, your customer across the counter from you uh, is not getting the best service. I mean, think of uh, pharmacists, for example. Pharmacies is where we have uh, a great solution. Pharmacists counting pills or technology, farm techs counting pills and stuff. You don't want them to be inaccurate. You want them to be accurate and focused on their work, not focused on how much their body hurts because they're standing on such a hard surface. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want my pharmacist to be to be zoned in correctly when they're counting how, how many pills need to go in my bottle. Yes. So basically, you know, people don't work as productive when, they're, when their body is hurting. And, we, you know, there's a lot of um, people talking about, you know, lost time. People get injured on the job and they have to go home. And that's, you know, a great, uh, that's a huge impact on financials and productivity. But the, the bigger impact, actually, is people staying on the job because they don't want to go home, but they hurt. They're not as uh, quick and productive in doing what they're doing. And that translates into about uh, 21 days a year of lost productivity. This, uh, the Journal of American Medical Association in this article found that it, 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 you lose about 21 days a year from musculoskeletal distress that our product, smart cells, can help alleviate. So I think that's the biggest thing is just the lost productivity because you're trying to deal with how you hurt, not trying to deal with how you can be a good customer service agent or a very productive employee. And I mentioned this in passing in my little intro, but workplaces today that traditionally would be sit-only offices are embracing hybrid desks so you can stand during work hours, and people love that. Are you seeing this trend also impact the need for more comfortable floors but in a more traditional office setting? Yeah, we do see, we do see that. What people, you know, now they were sitting, now they're standing, and uh, unless they're standing on a, you know, compliant uh, cushioned surface, can you imagine standing at your desk on concrete instead of sitting in a comfortable chair? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it might get other parts of your body working, but uh, I, have, I personally have found that I can stand for, you know, maybe a half hour uh, and be productive. And then pretty soon I get tired of standing. And so I want to sit. So the standing desk idea is, is great. It gives you a little bit more variety in your workplace, but you do need something to stand on to help give you this feeling of, of, of relief from the hard surface. So we do provide mats that are just designed for, you know, standing desk workers. You can easily, you know, fold them out of the way, or in some cases you could uh, provide a whole uh, flooring surface at your desk that is comprised of smart cells. So you, your um, chair might sit on it and you just push your chair out of the way, then you stand on the surface and you feel this, this cushioning and this resilience that comes from the smart cells. Okay, so it sounds like, in recap, softer isn't necessarily better, 
and we all know that harder isn't <laughs> isn't the solution either. So we've talked about the need for something better. You've brought up smart cells a bit. Let's dig in even more. What is better than foam or concrete, and how is smart cells finding that just right Goldilocks texture and support for workplace floors? And feel free to get as specific as you can about that tech without revealing too many of your company secrets. You know, one of the things that uh, is obvious about smart cells, and it's, you know, this is a podcast, people can't see the structure, but I invite them to go onto our website to actually look at the structure and see it work. So smart cells is an array of rubber tubes that stand underneath a smooth rubber rubber top. You really have to, you know, see the structure and see it work to to get a feel for uh, envision how it could benefit you. But the the columns, the rubber columns collapse and they store this energy just like springs so that when you shift your weight and move those springs go into action spring back and kind of give you a lift or a help as you move or, or from one place to the next on the surface whereas you know foam typically collapses and doesn't give you that that rebound and the best way to explain this is actually to, to have you see one of our demonstration videos and that's dropping an egg on a smart cell surface. First of all, you, if you were to stand on that surface and it feels very stable and comfortable, it's not soft and squishy. And, you, and then you drop an egg from three foot, eight foot high, and that egg, not only when it hits the smart cell surface, does not break, but it also rebounds and the egg bounces. And so I think that's the most shocking thing for someone to experience with smart cells is they see it doesn't break and then it rebounds. I mean, you can drop an egg from three feet to eight feet high on a mattress and it won't break, but it just goes thud, right? It just, it does shock absorption, but it doesn't do any rebound. It doesn't give any of that energy back. So smart cells in that egg drop demonstration, you see how it provides cushioning, the egg doesn't break, and then the egg rebounds and bounces off the surface and you see um, and you can visualize this this rebound this resilience property so it's a balance between the two and that's how we've designed the product is so that it cushions feels good but it also rebounds and that gives you a little bit of extra energy as you move around on the surface another thing we've seen in the marketplace is you know people this concept of softer has got to be better they'll take anti-fatigue mats from several worker stations and they'll stack them up so they think okay if I'm if I have one foam anti-fatigue mat then if I stack if it's not being very effective let me stack a couple more on maybe that'll be more effective but stacking more ineffective mats on top of each other doesn't make it better and it's a trip hazard so that's where we come into a situation where you say look at you, you just don't stack mats. Get smart cells. You only need uh, a smart cells one mat to give you the effective cushioning and, and fatigue relief that you're seeking. Yeah, I mean, I know that solution for stacking one mat on top of the other probably is at least doable in like an office setting or somewhere where the environment is a little more controlled. But when you look at an entire manufacturing floor or, you know, you're, you're looking at, at cushioning 
whole sections of an office, um, you know, that solution doesn't really present itself. And then you're left with some permanently installed product in your floor that either is too hard or too soft and doesn't provide that right texture. So uh, I understand why it's so important to to find a technology that does both. Like you said, it, it cushions, but it also provides support and is something that can be installed and left for a long time, you know, can be can become a part of the actual infrastructure of the building. Um, and I think we can see this used on the manufacturing floor. We can see this used in healthcare, like you said, where you've got professionals standing for hours on hours. I could see this useful in grocery stores and hospitality and retail. Uh, what's a market that you think smart cells hasn't been embraced by yet that you think could use that just right floor um, and might be around the corner soon? Well, I'm going to answer that question um in a little bit different way. We have been providing mats and, and flooring for, for years. And, you know, our customers would say, you know, it's just too bad you can't put that in your shoes. You know, because the mat is, is, is right only where you put it or where the, the, the cushion flooring is where you put, put it. But you're typically walking on and off out of your, your workspace and back on. And so people began to say, wait, you know, can I get this in my shoes? And I typically said, because our, our smart cell structure, the smallest one at that time was a half inch thick. I said, you know, we can't do that. You can't put it in your shoes. It's a half inch thick. And so that's a, that's a, that's a good example. So we began to, um, to look at how to miniaturize the smart cell structure to an eighth inch thick structure that you could put in your shoe as an insole. And so that's kind of the, the direction we, we took the product about, um, it started seven years ago and it, it took us a good three years to develop it. So we developed a line of shock absorbing anti-fatigue insoles for standing and walking workers. So, um, it's not just another market niche for us, but it's a whole another solution that Smart Cells addresses, and that is, hey, you're not always standing, you're walking. I love that. So, so your answer to reaching more markets is to provide something that can be used by anyone in any situation, which I think is probably the smart business move. Personally, I've been a recreational runner all my life, and when I got into my late 50s, I, you know, my knees began to hurt. And so it's about that time I said, look, it, we've got to find a way to put smart cells in your shoes. And so we developed the insole and I said, well, if it's good for anti-fatigue for standing, how is it for running? And remember the, the two properties I talked about, the resilience, the, the give back, the rebound on one side and then the cushioning on the other side. I thought, yeah, that same thing applies for runners. So we put it in our shoes, and I've been running on smart cells for, for five, six years now, and my, my knee pain is gone. It's been absolutely the best thing for me, and I see myself running for many, many years into my early 70s um, using smart cells cushioning in my shoes. Well, Bryce, you're going to have to send me a sample or something because that sounds uh, sounds like walking on a cloud. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us on the Building Management Podcast and giving us a look at what the future of comfortable flooring looks like. Um, you know, I really think this is something that needs to be talked about, especially 
as we look to cut down on workplace injuries and accidents. It's something that costs businesses hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars when things go awry, and often they're preventable. And this is one of those reasons, right? If if you can implement a floor that your workers are going to be standing on for hours that not only keeps them active and engaged, but doesn't wear and tear at their bones and their muscles and, and keeps them healthy, um, then, you know, why not invest in something like that rather than reactively having to invest in treatment or um, in repairs in case of a, a workplace accident or injury. So, yeah, I, I really see that being one of the strongest motivators for Smart Cell's continued expansion, um, but I'm excited to see how it continues to expand, and we'll definitely need to bring you back on to take another deep dive into the state of comfortable and cushioned floor surfaces. So, Bryce, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of the Building Management Podcast. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure to leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.